Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for downloading another episode of the Attacking Scrum podcast. After last week's first episode of Dream 15, this time it was my turn to pick my favourite 15 players ever. Uh, really enjoyed doing this with Dan. It's a good laugh and uh, nice to have a little, uh, little reminisce of years gone by and the players that we really enjoyed watching. So uh, hopefully there'll be a lot more of these to come. Keep you entertained while there is no rugby going on on the pitch. And uh, yes, we'll be recording some more of these as we go along. Big thanks as always to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. Uh, if you want to support a young, well, not so young anymore, but a, uh, a growing, really impressive Welsh business and you want to get your hands on some great coffee, then you can do that by going to socoffeetrades.co.uk. Right, in the meantime though, here is another episode of Dream 15 by The Attacking Scrum. Time then for another Dream 15 after Dan Killick's uh, got us all misty-eyed and nostalgic about uh, about uh, rugby that we watched as kids. Uh, it's time for the tables to be turned and for me to pick my Dream 15. A recap of the, the whole premise. It is the 15 players that... I uh, that have brought me the most joy. Uh, so watching watching rugby, choosing choosing this side as a fantasy barbarians fifteen, not based necessarily on how good they are, but how much you enjoyed watching them play. And uh, yeah, today it's uh, it's my turn in the hot seat. Can't wait for this, Jess. I wonder if there's going to be uh, a couple of names, a couple of names that I've mentioned since we're. Uh... Similar, similar in age. What are you? you, you five years older than me, aren't you? Five, ten years old. <laughs> I look five years older than you, Dan. <laughs> I wear it badly. Um, tough, tough paper. Right? <laughs> okay, so forwards then. Who's first up at number one? Well, 
you're quite right. There are a lot of players who you mentioned that came into consideration on my list too. Gethin is definitely one of them. And for all the reasons that you said, just you know, so often the man there doing the business for Wales on the big occasion and actually a real joy to watch as well. But he's not the choice I've gone for in the loose head shirt. Um, I'm shocked. There's a couple of others who I really, really want to talk about. One of whom, uh, I'm surprised you didn't mention this one actually, Dan, Christian Califano. Oh, yeah. Like that. And and I'll tell you why, because he was, I guess, one of the first, one of those first players to really revolutionise the way that props, the way that props played. And you know, props were always just renowned for you know renowned for scrummaging and being hard. And you could be, you could be a great big fat guy, but not you know not necessarily need to do it around the park. And I think Califano was the first one I really remember as being, as being a player who wanted the ball in hand as much as he wanted to scrummage. That's a really really nice mention that. Uh, so yeah, and and a player I did enjoy I did enjoy watching because uh, you know it's. Uh, it's ex- he was exciting. He was an exciting player to watch. Just loved loved getting the ball in hand. Yeah, yeah he couldn't get enough of it, could he? No, he, he couldn't. Other props who are uh, who are in consideration, and Rod Snow is one of them. Oh, Rod Snow, the Canadian, the Canadian the Newport, man. Yeah, Newport. Newport. Yeah, played played hat hand, not handfuls. Played hatfuls of games for. Uh, for Newport and uh, I don't know there seems something quite exotic about that side having two Canadians in it mm. uh, when you know when uh, when Gareth Reese was playing at 10 as well so I don't know I, yeah I really I, do you know what he's a good player really he was a very good, good player, player too yeah. Snow. and I suppose it was at that time where I didn't necessarily know um, you know know that much about the, the dark arts of scrummaging but I enjoyed I enjoyed watching him play so I'm going to go at loose head for Rod Snow <laughs> that's great Okay, we'll go to uh, we'll go to Hooker then. Yeah, quite a few players in here. Uh, Richard Hibbard is definitely one I really enjoyed watching play. And from I guess you know from a later period, there's going to be a lot of '90s rugby in here, obviously. But he was definitely a player who I enjoyed uh, who I enjoyed watching a lot, and you know still do. You know, it's, it's good having him, having him play for the Drags, but yeah. just the, the hits he put in for Wales in 2013, the hits he was putting in for Wales and for the Lions were just they were beyond beyond comprehension and I just loved that he played he played like a number eight you know even from when he was first came in the Osprey side he got the ball in hand and he just he looked like a like a ball carrying number eight he was just a lot of fun a lot of excitement to watch but the player I've gone for was one that you mentioned as well Dan and I've I've picked Keith Wood you pick you've gone oh Really? I've gone for it, and as you know, that whole thing around uh, the O'Driscoll affair in, in <laughs> I couldn't see you picking really him because of that. Really annoyed me, and particularly the fact that he just dug his heels in, even though that you know history will show that Gatlin made the right decision because we won the game. But as a player, he was again ahead of his ahead of his time, like Califano was. He was a real again wanted the ball in his hand as much as possible. He was a real athlete. Uh, you know, even even scored the odd drop goal uh, for the Lions. So I had to pick him for what yeah, he did. Yeah, such a running hooker. The yeah, pace on it. 
Yeah, what he did in 97 and, and 2001 for the Lions, he was just an absolute legend of a player. So, yeah, I've, I've decided to, to look at the, the joy he brought on the pitch and ignore the, the, the nonsense that happened in 2013 because he no, was just a good shout. Very good shout. utterly superb. I will have to say at this point as well, um, I have to have an honorary mention. I'm sure Ollie Deuce, our, uh, our mate, is listening to this. And... Uh, we had this uh, we had this running joke about a player called Ross Nesdale. Do you ever remember him? Ross Nesdale? No. <laughs> yeah. I think he's a Kiwi-born, a Kiwi-born <laughs> adopted Irishman, played for Newcastle and, and Ireland. He was kind of the, uh, I guess he inherited the shirt from uh, from Keith Wood. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's just become a bit of a name that, uh, that we like to throw around a bit. So, uh, yeah, he was in consideration, but Keith Wood gets the nod. Great. <laughs> uh, Tighthead. Um... Is between two for me, Dan, and one of whom you mentioned and picked, and that's Adam Jones. You know, just was there on all of those, fan- you know, most of those fantastic occasions, particularly, you know, in 2013 for the Lions and for that game against England where uh, the Slam Busters game, um, but but so many others as well. It was just Wales looked a much better side when Adam Jones was playing a tight head. Plus the fact that you know that this, you know, the big curly hair and just you know a real a real cult hero. But seeing the, as you the look him, of him was the look of him was great, wasn't it? But seeing as you picked him and the fact he doesn't like me, um, doesn't I'm like not going to pick. <laughs> I don't think he does. So we had him. We had him on the pod, you know, a couple of years ago, and he had a, he had a chat with us, and it was really you know, it was really nice. And then when I went to uh, when I went to the um, to Paul James's testimonial dinner last year, you know, we we chatting. Kai Kai introduced us again to to Adam Jones. We we're having a chat and stuff, and he constantly kept saying, oh, "I don't trust him. He's a journo." And I was like, I, I'm, "I was like, I'm not a journo. I do this in my spare time with my idiot mate." Um, but I, I, I think, uh, sorry, <laughs> who's that? Who's that then? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so for that reason, I'm going to go for. And again, this is a player I absolutely loved watching. And he's been a former guest on this podcast as well, Dan. Oh. Come on. You got it yet? No. He's an absolute header. How have I not? Give me a Martin look. Madden. Oh, Martin Madden. Yeah. Mate, I loved I loved watching Madden play. You th- thinking oh. to those, those Heineken Cup games in the early 2000s. Yeah, that beaming smile. That beaming smile. Quick as well, isn't he? Pacey for a just big, big man. For a man. On the rampage. Absolutely huge. Um, but yeah, again, another big ball ball carrier yeah. player. Loves getting through. Loves really getting like, through getting through the work. And yeah, the, Dav what? loves Martin Madden, so he'll be he'll be very pleased with that. I'm I'm glad. Um yeah, I yeah, just just loved watching mm-hmm. him play. And do you know what I really like? And it's still obviously clear clear to this day how much how much the um, the Stradley faithful absolutely loved him, and you know he still you know he still he still goes and watches and and sits in with the fans and they absolutely love him. So yeah, just uh, had to go for the cult hero. <laughs> that's there. really so, yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, like that's that's a that's a great front row, a fun front row. It is okay. Who's in the boiler house then? So in the boiler house, I've I've picked Alan and Jones at five. There's there's no need for too much more discussion on this one, and I don't care if you've picked him as well. I couldn't pick a side without Alan Wynne Jones in. Yeah, just just Ag- couldn't, just couldn't do it. You know, it's, he he will go down as one of, if not the greatest ever Welsh rugby player. So 
he's there for me. Now, playing alongside him, that left a short list of a few players. I forgot, I'd quite forgotten about Mike Voyle, who you mentioned, uh, so I won't, um, I, I won't mention him again, although, uh, yeah, I did, uh, I did like him when he was, uh, when he was playing for Newport. Um, so there's a couple of players, two of which played for Newport, Ian Goff um, yeah, and Goffy. Simon Rye-Louis. Oh, yeah, yeah. Both, both of whom were very good, but I've written off Ian Goff on the grounds that he left us too many times. Um, so, yeah, he... Uh, gave his all, mind. He did give his all, Those but hits. yeah. Yeah, you know, he's, uh, yeah, he's a Killian boy, and he, when he went down to the Ospreys when they, uh, when they offered him a, a big paycheck, and I did say that to his face once. I met him, I met him once and explained that, and he, he did have a yeah, chuckle about it. Yeah, he's a brave man. Yeah, he did, have a, he did have a good chuckle about it. But yeah, he was a, he was a player I really enjoyed watching. But um, yeah, written him out. Uh, another player in a similar kind of mould, actually, um, is Ian Evans. Oh, yeah, yeah. So again, from a later, you know, a, a later vintage. But from the, the moment when he made his debut against Argentina, do you remember that? Against that Argentina, that, he scored that, that try from 60 yards. Yeah, yeah. He opened up the legs, didn't he? And yeah. there was no one going to stop him. And I remember, I remember watching that game. I think it was on, um, I, think, I think S4C covered it. And I remember watching it and just thinking, oh my God, this guy's brilliant. You know, he's, he's going to be so exciting to watch. And he spent so long injured. He was brilliant though, wasn't he, for a, for a he while? He was brilliant. Really, yeah, really great, abrasive. And so I was so glad that he got that. He got into that Grand Slam team. Um, so when this this would have been 2012, wouldn't it? So yeah, he, he was a pivotal part of that 2012 side. So I was I was really pleased that he kind of got to fulfil his potential and and be a Grand Slam winner. So he's uh, he's one who's in there, but he's not he's not the um, the player that I've picked. Dan, the player I have picked is John Eels. Oh yeah, yeah, John Eels. Nick, yeah, nicknamed by the Australian um, nobody because nobody's perfect, and <laughs> just having a lock forward who kicked goals at international level because well, just because he could from all over um, the park, from all over the park, and in a real old school way, you know, with his socks around his ankles, but a leader, phenomenal lock, great with ball in hand, great at smoking out a ruck. Uh, so he's the player I've gone for. Him and Alan Wynne Jones in the uh, in the second row. I like that partnership. Real nice, real nice balance there. And he will be kicking goals for this team as well. <laughs> Great. He should be the goal kicker. <laughs> okay. So on to on to six. On to six. Yeah. I you mean, love the back. You love the back row. I do love the back row. I mean, honourable mention for Dan Lydia. I had a feeling you'd mention him. Yeah. I yeah, I had to because I you know, I had such a, a soft spot for him, particularly in that, that twenty eleven era. And you know, the funny you know, he's still playing and playing well to this day, but but not in the not in the national side. Um you know, it's testament to how many good players we've got there. In in more recent times, uh you can look at players like uh yeah, like Ellis Jenkins, I've really enjoyed watching, I suppose he's more of an open side, Josh Navidi in that position. Moriarty, I loved watching all of these players. Um, all of these players play at six, but it's come down to a choice of two. One, one is Jerry Collins. Yeah. So, you know, I've I just even, I watched a lot of him when he was at uh, when he was at the Ospreys, 
But before that, I remember watching him for New Zealand, just thinking, God, this guy hits so hard. It must like, have been his know, time with New Zealand, though, that really, really sort of caught your eye, was it? Yeah, it was. And, and then uh, and then it's lovely that he came to Wales, isn't it? Yeah, it, it was. And do you know what? I think the thing is, the fact that he... Um, yeah, the fact that he ended up playing in Wales was fantastic. But yeah, it was definitely when he was when he was playing for New Zealand, and it was at that time where I think you know we had um, we had Sky, so we were watching you know watching Super Rugby and stuff, and watching him play for the Hurricanes. So I was just like, oh, this guy's so much fun to watch. Like, you know, the opposition would have the ball, and you're just hoping that that Collins can line someone up and absolutely, absolutely melt him. Um, and this one is going to come as a bit of a surprise to you, Alex Popham. Mm. Now you weren't expecting that one, were you? No. Is that because he's been on um, the pod? No, it's not because he's been on the pod. Uh, it is uh, around yeah around that two thousand six two thousand seven era. I'd just uh, I'd been living in Germany for a year, and over there there was no way there was no way of watching rugby in the the town I was living in. So it was a real hard thing to. Um, to follow the national side so we used to have to try and time it so if Wales were playing you know I'd go on a uh, I'd meet up with my mate Emlyn and we'd, we'd get the train two hours to Berlin or uh, we'd go to Hamburg places that, that were big enough to have an Irish bar that would have rugby on so when I came back from that year away I just had this another reinvigorated love of rugby and just wanted to watch rugby at any point in time and that at that point when as you remember Wales were no good in, in 06, 07 Popham was my favourite player for similar reasons to uh, to Jerry Collins. Just loved 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 watching him dish out those um, those big hits, and he's playing at playing at six at the time. I remember him, of course, playing for Newport before that with his long um, hair. With his long, yeah, yeah, long he's a good hair. player, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a good player. Um, and again, yeah, only played one game. One, one, one game, game the isn't he? And that and was dropped. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah shame. Um, but I'm going to go for out of the two. I'm going to go for Jerry Collins. I like that option. Okay, seven. Main, mainly because Popham left Newport. Um, <laughs> There's a theme you can here. See a theme. You There's can. a theme here. Uh, seven. Seven. You've you've mentioned a, a, a lot of these. Of course, Tipperick. Love watching him play. Uh, Kronfeld. Just again, when I first started watching rugby, and particularly that night, that 1995 World Cup, I just remember him being on Lomu's shoulder the whole time. You know, he like didn't on, leave on, him, did he? He was yeah, on, he covered every blade. And that's that oh. and that's that takes some doing when you think of what an athlete Lomu was. So yeah, I, I just I loved watching him play and he, he really caught the eye and that's when, you know, even as a kid you start to go, right, I need to understand more about what a flanker does on the pitch and, and there was no one better to watch and learn from than him. Yeah, I agree. I, I he kind Stop of Stop eating or drinking, you've got like a bowl of ice cream now or something. That's coming I can next. Hear it. It's coming next. I'm having a little gulp <laughs> of water. Um, yeah, he kind of. I remember thinking at the time with Cronfeld that are we going to even 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 back then like is there going to be another seven that can be all over the park like he is? Mm. Because there wasn't at the there wasn't at the time, was there? He 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 seemed to be he seemed to be a cut above the rest. Well, I tell you, a player I liked watching at the same time, and he's the closest. Um, the closest Englishman to making the list. I've not picked any England players. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just just out of principle. But the closest player to getting in there was Neil Back. Neil, yeah, yeah. 
and he's a play, you know again you know had great days had great days for the Lions but even when England were at their you know at their best and that usually meant that we were on the end of a hiding I could appreciate just how brilliant Neil Back was and again another player you know told he was too small ignored all that mm. and and just just went on to have a, an amazing career and of course shot of blonde hair which helps he did yeah he did yeah but a player we haven't met, a player we haven't mentioned at uh, at six as well was uh, Richard Hill Richard Hill English yeah, players. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was, was great as near the Lions really really made that f- made us like him I think didn't he <laughs> yeah no I'd agree I'd agree with that Hill actually I, I would put in that in that same vein um, and there's a couple more players to mention okay. so Marty Holler is one that you mentioned yeah. and uh, again I've, I've had this chat with, with Ollie Deuce in the pub numerous times but if he was any other nationality he'd have 100 caps it's because of totally it's because agree. Of, yeah. he was a genuinely absolutely fantastic open side flanker and it's just the fact that, that McCaw was there and McCaw's the you know the best of a, the best of a generation that uh, that he didn't. So he's definitely a player I I always enjoyed uh, I always enjoyed watching. And again, much like Jerry Collins, ended up ended up playing um, playing at the Ospreys, so we got to see him on a more regular basis. But it comes down to a choice of two, Dan. I think I know one. Okay, go on. Who are these two? The two the two is going to be Warburton. And? and I'm I'm a bit upset now that I didn't, that I didn't mention uh, Martin Williams as you should be um, this is a really I should this be really, yeah. this is a really hard choice for me because as you know like am I right with just, that yeah you're right they're the two oh. um, know you well it's just it's, it's so hard because they're two players that uh, you know in in separate eras, really, I know they overlapped a bit, but it was and so different, was, though. So different. I know, I know, and I always thought that my, you know, that I would love a Martin Williams style flanker, you know, the link man, which is what you know why I got such a soft spot for Tipperick as well. You know, you always thought, oh, he's going to be, you know, that's the kind of player that I love to, I love to watch. But then Warburton has just, like, from twenty eleven onwards, I just never thought we would have a, you know, we would have a. A flanker who could do what um, who could do what McCaw did, and and go, you know, go toe to toe with the McCaws and the um, and all of them and the, and the Pococks <laughs> and and then, you know, and then later on the Hoopers, these kind of players, and go toe to toe with them and and match them on his day and just be as influential as that. And for that reason, and twenty eleven in particular was just like. You know the way England football fans talk about Italia ninety and Euro ninety six. Well, twenty eleven was was that for me, and I just remember just thinking, God, we could do this. We can actually we can win this World Cup, and it all hinged around uh, around having Sam there and and just how influential he was. So, two incredibly different players, and you would expect me to go for the the Martin Williams Justin Tipperick type, but I'm going to pick Sam Warburton there. Yeah, great, great choice. Great choice. So who's making up? Who's making up the uh, the pack then at number eight? It's a choice of three. Dan. Pack. It's a choice of three, and right. two of them I reckon you can probably guess. Falato. Falato is one. Liam There's Davis. another Welshman. No later than that. 
Scott Quinnell. Scott Quinnell. Yeah. Yeah. And again, just just one of those players that um, that title that we won in 1994. You know, Quinnell was such a such a pivotal part of that. And having watched Wales for a couple of years, and it, it was you know it was quite hard going to see us to see us win a title and you know beat France and uh, play so play so well there and. Um, and that game again, that game against Scotland, and you know, in the in the mud, and and all these things, and he was such a central figure to that. And then to lose him to to rugby league, but then getting back again, and what he did for the Lions in two thousand and one, you know, he definitely a player that that I've got a huge soft spot for. Yeah, 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 I'd agree. It's, a, it's all around our time, isn't it? Yeah, Toby for very very similar reasons as. Um, as Warburton but I had the added bonus of the fact that he played for the Dragons too and just a oh, just a absolute class act and the how amazing he was for um for the Lions in in 2017 and 2013 um but he's not the one I've picked Dan I thought he was going to be I thought he was going to be your age so this was okay. really really hard between between Toby and Gary Teichman Oh, Teichman, yeah, yeah. Just like again, I think when you um, you know, when you go and watch um, when you go and watch a side as a as a kid, you get a different perspective. You know what I mean? It's like those things where you grow up, you watch players on TV, and you you have a player who you know you hone in on. Go, oh, he's my favourite player. And then when you actually start going to these games and watching Teichman at Rodney Parade for Newport, you're just like, this guy felt like he was made of granite. He was a different species to uh, to the others. You couldn't and, really injure him, could you? He, he was so. And, and I tell you what, that's the reason why he gets the nod. Is players were out to injure him. I'm telling you, people wanted a piece of Teichman. This was the you know the game hadn't been professional that long. There was a lot of players who really just wanted to rough him up, old school style. And even with all that thrown at him, he never took a backward step. And for that reason. He is. Uh, he's the number eight for me. Good, great choice. Is that is it part of part of that then linked to you going down? Yeah, down I to think Rodney so. Parade yeah. and with the I family. It's, you know, it's it's um, yeah, you know those those fond memories you have of uh, of what of watching rugby as a kid and yeah, when you, yeah, going going with it, you know, going with the old man and um, and his friends and and them kind of you know educating you. I, I, how old would I be when Tyson was there? You know, kind of thirteen, fourteen ish. And you have people kind of educate you on the game a bit more, and then you know when you really hone in on him and see everything that he does. Um, obviously, there's a big amount of nostalgia linked to it. But you ask you ask people who know more about Newport Rugby than me how good Gary Teichman was, and I think they'll they'll um, they'll come out in their droves to to tell you how fantastic he was. Yeah, special time, special player then. So let's nice. leave it there for the for the time being. That'll be the the pack. We'll come on to talk about my backs very very shortly but first we're going to have this quick break Hi I'm Harry Keddy and you're listening to the Attack and Scrum podcast How are you enjoying hosting Dan? I'm enjoying it yeah no it's good it's a funny one because you kind of want to you, you kind of want to start talking about players that you haven't mentioned but you have to just hold it. Did you find that? I suppose you hadn't gone, had you? But no, I hadn't gone. But also, I um, uh, you know, what I'm like Dan. I, I try and do the hosting thing, but I can't help but but 
give my opinion as well. Chat, yeah. So yeah, so I so it's I tricky. always end up. It's tricky. Uh, it is. It's, I feel it's like I need another go. So <laughs> yeah. No, enjoying it. Enjoying it though so far. Um, and yeah, keen to see. Keen to see you've got a nine then. Who well, we gets the mention first? One you one you mentioned just Van der Westhuizen. Uh, had to you know had to mention him because again he revolutionised number nine play. He just made it so much more physical. But alongside that, had a brilliant kicking game and really good service. And yeah, just a, the complete nine. Probably the best nine I've seen play in my lifetime. But he's not the one. Uh, he's not the one I'm going to pick. And we're very lucky in Wales that throughout the entire time I've watched rugby, we've pretty much had a a class nine. You know, you go from Robert Jones to Howley to uh, who have I missed in this? Gareth yeah, Cooper. Gareth Cooper to Peel to Phillips. You know, Webb. Webb. The 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 list kind of goes on. Um, and Webb is Webb is one who I, I definitely have in in um, in consideration. So for me, it was between two players, Reese Webb. Just I'll talk I'll talk more about him in a minute. But George Gregan was the other one. Oh yeah, that's a very good shout for longevity. Gregan. Uh, the the way again the way he evolved is he just played for so bloody long. Like yeah. you know when I first started watching rugby, George Gregan was playing. For Australia, and it feels like he only stopped playing five minutes ago. He, yeah, just an absolute class act, brilliant service, um, great snipes, and and just looked, looked really cool, didn't he? You know, just looked a cool guy. He did, yeah. Always he never, assured. He was never out of puff, was he? Just he he, he just looked. He, he was so fit. And that whole uh, that whole four more years stuff to. Uh, to the New Zealand side when they've beaten them in the semi-final is, is um, you know, is grade A sledging. So, um, so yeah, it was between him and Webb. But I'm going to go for Webb. Just, again, in terms of the, mm. you know, the, the joy that these players have, uh, have bought me. And there's, there's just a, a bit of, there's a bit of um, flawed romance with Webb too. You know, when we, when we spoke about on your, when you chose your team, we spoke about Lee Byrne never playing in a World Cup. And for Webb, to have not played in one as well, despite being, you know, one of the finest nines that that has played for Wales. I don't know. There's something hugely bittersweet about that because he had absolutely everything. He has absolutely everything. Scores tries, um, runs amazing lines, great service, great kicking game, rapid, and yeah, to, you know, to miss out so cruelly in 2015 with that horrible injury, come back from that, play really well, and then miss out in in 2019 too. There's just that that bit of kind of that bit of romance about about missing out on the on the biggest occasion, and you know he didn't he didn't start for the Lions in 2017 either, which I get. You know the game plan was Conor Murray's kicks and, and how brilliant that was, but for me, I think he's a better, more all round nine than Murray, and so yeah, for me, it's uh, it's Reece Webb at nine. Is your ten choice linked to the nine, as you as you asked me? Are they standing alone? No, it is actually. <laughs> it is, and ten. This is um, is Daniel Bigger. Yeah, this is no, it's not Daniel Bigger actually. Honourable mention for Daniel Bigger, just because you know. I, I do you know. What? I still don't think we've seen the best of Dan Bigger. He's you know he's, Wales are struggling a bit at the moment, but his ambition to play 
you know, much more expansive rugby. I, I love seeing it from a player who we've often seen as being, you know, more of a kicking ten. But the guy's an absolute warrior, and yeah, the joy that that, that victory in twenty fifteen brought me, you know, it's hard to it's hard to look past him. But he's not the one who's got the nod. Uh, yeah, we had some, we had some great tens. James Hook again, another kind of flawed genius. Uh, but at the start of his career, I absolutely loved watching him play, and. Stephen Jones, likewise, loved watching him play. Oh, Carlos well. Spencer, Carlos Spencer, who you mentioned, Arwell, and yeah, I, I also love Stephen Larkin. Was a wonderful player to watch. Nice player, yeah. You know, great, great passing, great kicking game. But I've gone for another flawed genius, and he, and he, you know, I think he is a genius on his day. And that is Matthew Morgan. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, you're going to laugh at me. You're going to no, say I'm not. He's, I'm, he's played his best rugby he's, 15. He can't defend all of these things. I am perfectly aware of. But for sheer enjoyment, I can't look past him. Yeah. Just the, I, like, I love, some, the, love the choice. Those, those tries that he scored. And, I, you know, if I was, a, if I was a, a professional coach, and there's a reason why I'm not, but I would have, I would have built a side around him. Whether it was you know whether it was Ospreys, Cardiff, Bristol, I'd have just I just made sure he was in that he was in that match day twenty three every time he took the field and just I just made a player who can make something happen from nothing and I loved I loved watching him play at ten when he was younger at the Ospreys too yeah I just thought that's well, a nice link up there isn't it as well it's with, a nice link up yeah yeah he's got exactly. bridge end connection as well tries. which I know yeah. you'll enjoy. Absolutely, yeah. They would be down at the brewery field watching watching my game. They would, yeah, getting ideas. They would, yeah, exactly, picking them up and learning, you know, just learning a few bits. And yeah, yeah, I love that nine and ten. That is great. That is you, isn't it? That is you. Yeah, that is a bit of me. Uh, so we're going to go on to we're going to go on to the centres now, then. Like we did. We are going to go on to the centres. Yeah. And twelve. Yeah, twelve was was um, yeah between. Three players, Tim Horan, who you mentioned. Yeah. In fact, you mentioned all these players. Uh, who was you know brilliant player to watch, and again longevity, just absolutely superb. But I had to go for a, I had to go for a choice of, of two Welshmen in, in the twelve shirt, and it's Henson and Gibbs, um, which is really yeah. really hard to choose because. As you can see, Dan, this, this narrative of flawed geniuses is something that I'm really keen to explore. And, and arguably, there are no more flawed geniuses than Gavin Henson. Um, when you're talking about flawed geniuses, I can't wait for, for, for Yestins now. I think you're for your two, because <laughs> it's, it's going to be great, this. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And that, I'm sure, I'm sure Yestin will be kind of. Um, yeah, we'll be looking at flawed geniuses from all across, um, all across kind of rugby, Welsh rugby past as well. But yeah, it's between Henson and Gibbs, and very different players. Henson, like the ultimate forward. If I don't know if you've recently watched highlights of uh, highlights of that game against England in two thousand and five, right? But if you haven't, I'd recommend you go and do it. And the bits that you know, the bits that obviously spring to mind from his perspective are those two monster tackles on Matthew Tate, the the um, the penalty to win it. But there is a spiral kick in there yeah. where the ball seems to go about eighty yards. I remember. Yeah, yeah, I know it. Is, yeah, were you yeah. there that day? It's, yeah, it was. Yeah, 
I, yeah, I, I watched. I was at uni and I watched it on telly, and I thought, "Oh my god!" It was. Um, it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was a ridiculous kick. And at the other end of the spectrum, you got Scott Gibbs, who just never took a backward step. But he wasn't um, kicking the ball, was he? He wasn't kicking the ball, but he didn't need to because he was just so hard and scored tries, big tries, and two. You know, two of my formative, most enjoyable rugby memories are Lions '97, where he was. Unplayable. Yeah, he was. That. Particularly Oz, where, Oz where he runs into Oz Durant and sent him into a tailspin is one of my all-time favourite rugby moments, as, of course, is that try against England in 99. And for that reason, he well, for a couple of reasons, actually, but he just pips Gavin Henson to the 12 shirt. Yeah. Good choices there. That was hard. That was hard to pick. I think any yeah, any side with, uh, with Gibbs at 12 is a good side. So who's he partnering then at 13? So the choices at 13, Dan, I loved uh, I loved some of yours in there as well, but mine came down to three. So one is Jonathan Davis, who you didn't mention. No, I left him to um, you. Yeah, thank you very much. And, you know, he is, he's the best, he's the best centre I've seen play for Wales in my lifetime, I think, and has brought plenty of joy with his, you know, the, the, the tries he scored at, um, at key points and those massive uh, those massive fends to get past players. And, you know, to do to play so well for the Lions in, in two consecutive series, and I'd love him to make the next one too. So it should probably be him. Um, but it's not. I haven't gone for him. An honourable mention for Andy Marinos as well. <laughs> Again, just a, you know, a player I enjoyed watching. I enjoyed watching play for Newport. Uh, Newport, yeah. But the player I've gone for is the clamp, Alan Bateman. Yeah. And can't say any any anything against think, that. I just think he was ahead of his time, and I don't know whether it's because he went to league and came back as as Gibbs did, but he just had everything. Like you know, was a mate. Like it's hit so hard for a guy who you know he's not like one of your your six foot six foot four. Uh, dripping in muscle type centres but he was so hard and so you know so compact and so good in defence um, but had ball playing skills too scored tries a great turn of pace you know at the end of his career had a great turn of pace so yeah I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for Alan Bateman and I think the fact that I picked Scott Gibbs inside was um, was another factor in going for in going for Bateman is I would just give anything to watch uh, to watch Bateman and Gibbs play together uh, on one more occasion. Yeah, true, truly beautiful rugby footballer, wasn't he, Bateman? So gifted. And, and yeah, again, he was. He, he, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd walk into the side now. Do you think so? Oh, yeah, well, you mean with, uh, with, with Foxy injured? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just a, a, yeah, the complete, the complete footballer. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, Gibbs and Bateman in the centre. Gibbs and Bateman. Okay, so we'll go to let's go let's go to eleven now. Okay, eleven was a straight shootout of two players for me, and there's been loads of brilliant elevens who I loved watching, but for me, realistically, it was only ever going to be two players. One is Lomu. Yeah. And you know, nine ninety five again, impressionable kid. I remember watching a lot of um, a lot of that World Cup from. Uh, in my nan's front room, in uh, in my nan's, uh, sorry, in yeah, my nan's front room, and in a, in a back bedroom in Newport, and just 
you know, just being so captivated by the whole tournament that he was, you know, he was just this this unplayable force. And what he did, to, you know, what he did to us, what he did to Ireland, what he did to England, England. In, the, yeah. in the semi-finals, and then to come back four years having had those those huge uh, health problems, come back four years later and do it all again uh, in 1999. Um, and again, there was something brilliant about watching him. Um, about watching him, yeah, I know he's kind of passed his best by the time he turned up at at Cardiff Blues, but it was just great watching him. It play was nice. Models. Yeah, there's quite a lot. Of, so a lot of the players that we've mentioned of. Have have had a have had a stint in Wales, isn't it, in the in the club or the yeah, regional scene? So it's quite nice that. But he doesn't get the nod, and I've gone for the same one as you. I, I just could not, I could you, not look past yeah, him. You can't knock, can you? And particularly if you, I mean, if you start to imagine this backline here, Dan, as well, you got Webb offering, a, you know, offering a. a his great passing game, the opportunity to snipe. You got Nipper at ten, just every time, just trying to go or unlock stuff outside him. You got a couple of hard nut centres, and then you got Shane on the wing as well. Like when when the ball gets out to him, the opportunity for him to uh, for him to do something special. And it comes back to what you said. You you got all kind of misty eyed talking about Shane and one you know and a bit sad that you never get to watch him play again. And that's the reason I picked him. Is if that, if I think in fact if there were one player. I was able to watch again it would be Shane Williams that's lovely yeah lovely lovely um, yeah I got just seeing yeah Matthew, Matthew Morgan and Shane team up again brilliant mm. um, okay so 14 so 14 there's a few players here um, and again yeah I loved your mention of, uh, of Ben Shoon he was a class act um, Jeff Wilson was another one on my on my short list I didn't think of Ben Cheen, by the way. I'd, I'd forgotten about him, which is why I really enjoyed it when you brought him up. Um, some honourable mentions here. Reese Williams gets an honourable honourable mention for me. Yes. Um, I know he's you know he's primarily a fullback, and but he played he played quite a bit on the wing for Wales, and uh, he was an exciting player. You know, just just pure gas, really. Yeah. That's you know it was all about that speed, and and yeah, there was there was just a period of time I I just I loved watching Reese Williams play, particularly you know, particularly for Wales. And another another Cardiff winger who uh, who I enjoyed watching, you know, kind of ten, twelve years before that was Steve Ford. Yeah, yeah, Steve Ford and his tash. Yeah, yeah, a, a brilliant tash. Uh, great finisher. F- yeah, fun fun player to watch and a great finisher. And so yeah, he yeah honourable mention for him. John Bentley was another. Yeah. Yeah. Just for for the one Lions. series, for one series that he kind of um, you know not came from nowhere because he'd been a but his his rugby union career was you know was a handful of caps for England and his rugby his rugby union career is defined by that tour and that try he's got I can't remember who it's against I want to say it's Orange Free State that, or that run or the or that. the uh, the Gauteng Lions oh. or someone but that run just you know to do that all on his own yeah and seeing the um, coach's reaction then was brilliant oh, wasn't it they looked at absolutely brilliant yeah. so, ben, so Bentos was very very close to getting the nod but the first player I fell in love with watching play rugby uh, is a man who resides in uh, in your parish of Cowbridge now and that's Ian Evans yeah yeah uh, yeah re- world class winger world class great defence great finisher his defense, yeah. his defense as well, wasn't it? That we talk about his finishing, but such good, such a good defender. Yeah, and, and he had to be, he, didn't he, back then? Yeah, he did. Well, he did, and you know, he scored scored crucial tries, none more so than the um, 
than that one against England in uh, in Cardiff in 1993. Yeah. And if yeah, oh. that was that was that yeah. was the the point where I you know I firmly fell in love with uh, with Welsh rugby. So it, it had to be uh, it had to be Owen Evans for me. I think I was down the rugby club when that was. So what I've been ten, yeah, when that was, when that game was going on, I just the place went absolutely mental. Yeah. You know, literally, you know, uh, pa- I had a packet of crisps and a, you know, some sort of fizzy drink. Obviously, I think I think that went up as well, and it was just, but that, just brilliant, brilliant scenes. I never, never. They're those happy memories, aren't they, of uh, of watching yeah, of watching, watching the, the kid? And I, I I was watching it at home um, with my with my dad and my brother, and the. The, the gas he shows to you know like it's, it's Rory Underwood isn't it he skins yeah, and, um, absolutely skins him as well wasn't it? it wasn't skins even, him wasn't and, even Bill a and Bill McLaren's commentary it's just you know they they instantly kind of take me back to a certain moment in time so yeah it, it had to be Iron yeah yeah so Can 15 the only fif- position left 15 yeah um Andre Joubert is a player you mentioned <laughs> and was I he was he on the list he was on the shortlist, yeah. Do you know what? Percy Montgomery wasn't on the list, actually. He is now. No, he... he, he uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, he, was, he was great, but... Cult hero uh, down at Newport? I think he was more He was more than a cult hero, though. I think he was a player who we absolutely depended on. And I wondered towards the end whether he was that bothered about being there. I don't, you know, I, I don't know. They're just the feelings you get sometimes, aren't they? But... Um, so I don't know if that's that's sullied it, and I, you know, I'm sure he, if he if he were to ever hear that, he'd he'd want to chin me for saying it. But yeah, I don't know. For some reason, that, that kind of put me off inside. But a wonderful player, absolutely wonderful player. Um, but a couple on the, yeah, Cullen, of course, you mentioned, um, who was who was just absolutely superb. Um, another player from from outside of these shores who I loved watching, Chris Latham. Chris Latham, no, yeah, he was just like the ultimate Oz, fullback. Oz. Yeah, he was you know brilliant in defence. He was quite, uh, he, he, quite, quite a size, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, and to, to, uh, yeah. I think if he was coming through the ranks now, he'd probably be an inside centre. Yeah, but you know he had a massive left peg on him. Great under the high ball, ran good lines. He, he just had like an all round, the all round. Yeah, um, he's a nice player. Fifteen ability, and so yeah, he was uh, the player I loved watching play. To the point where, like, if I ever got, you know, if you, if you ever got introduced to a to an Australian when, you know, when I'm a bit pissed up, I, I just instantly start talking about Chris Latham. Well, oh, do you know what I love about you Australians, Chris Latham, um, which I'm sure uh, I'm sure most people weren't interested in hearing about. Uh, and one <laughs> yeah. final honourable mention, and that's for Kevin Morgan. Yeah, Kevin Morgan with that the offloads. Yeah, and well, that one of great lines was quick. Uh, and again, another one who I'm glad, having had so much, he played in a lot of poor Welsh teams. Actually, Kevin Morgan in the '90s, or Welsh teams rather that got that got hammered on a pretty regular basis. Um, but the fact that he, um, the fact that he kind of got to play in that 2005 side, and you know, kind of got his moment in the sun and got the, um, you know, got that that try, um, putting the, the cream on the Grand Slam cake, as Eddie put it, and. Yeah, I was really glad for for him to do that because he'd had horrible injuries, and um, so I was really really pleased to see him get that. But the player I've gone for, Dan, making an all Welsh back division, is Mike Rea. Oh, Mike Rea, yeah, and everyone's favourite. 
Yeah, a lot of this. Although there is a, there is a um, there is a big Tony Clement fan club out there. Yeah, which, so uh, I was going to mention Tony Clement. I thought you might have you might have had him oh, down no, Swansea. I've, I've, I've always firmly been in the uh, the Raya over Clement camp. Um, or just despite the fact that Clement's a lion, and yeah, you can't say that away from him. Uh, yeah, just Raya for me, exciting again, classic fullback. You know, not didn't look like an athlete, should we say? And it's probably fair, yeah. Rhyming slang for an all dayer, yeah. Uh, and to top it all off, those two tries against Scotland in the mud, where he's he's come off the bench for Nigel Walker, and uh, and scored in that that same corner. But you know, both pretty easy run-ins as well for his standard. But him sliding in the mud, sticking his hat, sticking his left hand in the air as he goes over the line, again, just memories that I absolutely, you know, I'll um, I will uh, I'll remember forever. So he's uh, yeah, he he gets the nod at fifteen. It's a good side, heavily, heavy Welsh contingent there, but never in doubt, was it? No, I think it, it, it had to be, didn't it? But um, it did. Yeah, you know. Uh, no, it's your side. It's a good side. Like it's it. my yeah. It's it's my side. Uh, so yeah, you know that's that's the the beauty of it. You just got to pick those players who've who've brought you the joy over the years. Okay, so what what kit then are these? Is this side going to be playing in? <clears throat> well. When it comes to kits, um, it was a choice of two. So one is a classic, uh, a classic Welsh red with a white collar, no frills, white, you know, white um, cotton, cotton, yeah. white shorts, red, uh, red socks with a, you know, with a, a white turnover. Uh, that was that was, but I've decided that's going to be the away kit. Oh, and nice the twist. home kit is going to be is going to be the finest. Um, the finest colours in world sport, and that is black and amber hoops. <laughs> Newport. Black and amber, black and amber hoops, white shorts, black and amber hoop socks. Again, cotton uh, with uh, yeah with a white collar on the uh, on the shirt. Nice. You liking the white collar? Yeah, I think so. You can't be a white collar. Yeah. You can't be a white collar. I can see that side in that. Okay, and where where's the side playing? This was a tough one, Dan, because you just think like, what are the places that you love watching rugby the most? And um, yeah, Rodney Parade obviously springs to mind, but it's not the one I've gone for. Um, I've had a good few enjoyable afternoons watching rugby with you at Old Deer Park, and yeah. that is a sp- that's a special ground, isn't it? You know, it's particularly if the sun's out, it's a good you've got show. a pint of London, a pint of London pride in your hand, and uh, you know the uh, yeah bathing in the sunshine yeah. next to that next special to that setting pagoda. That's a, that's a pretty special place to watch rugby with the choir the one, singing in the background. With the choir singing, yeah. Um, but the one I've gone for is the old National Stadium in Cardiff. Yeah, yeah. Cardiff Arms Park. Um, because I never went there. Never visited it. No, didn't visit. I didn't get to. Didn't get to go and see it. Um, uh, an international until uh, until it was too late, unfortunately. So, but again, you know, growing growing up watching that watching those games on telly, uh, that's a place that you know, that's a place I used to just used to to love it when you know you'd be on grandstand and and you'd see it and the the singing before the game. So, for the fact that I never went, that would that would be the one for me. That's nice. Yeah, I like that. And um, who who's coaching this side? Now the coach Dan, this is the one that might surprise you slightly. As you will, as you will see, that um, that team is full of players from my era. Uh, despite the fact that you know I loved love watching those videos of the seventies and stuff like that. Um, 
and obviously Gatland has been the the pivotal man during you know during the the last twelve years, and he's brought us so much success. So he's going to coach the forwards for me, but the overall coach is Carwin James. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I just think you know how much joy would he love to you know how much would he love to to coach that set of backs. Take that back, so you've, yeah, yeah, you've given you've given you've given what he wants there, haven't you? Yeah, He'd imagine like, yeah. Jed, thank you. Imagine, <laughs> imagine Carwin looking at you know looking at that set of backs and just getting you know uh, getting getting Nipper and Mikey Ray are excited. That uh, yeah, that's that's the one for me, mate. That's an exciting coaching lineup as well, isn't it? Yeah. Some personalities there as well. I'd like to see, let's see how that would work. So all that remains is to pick a captain and to decide who we're playing against. Now, the opposition it comes down to a choice of two, and it's Will Carling's England, circa nineteen ninety four, or it is Martin Johnson's England, two thousand and three. Um. <laughs> Now, I think if I'm honest, we, we might well lose to that 2003 side. Um, I don't know. It's, it's really difficult, this, because, again, like, as a kid, getting, you know, Will Carlin's England side beat us pretty regularly, and that was no fun, particularly growing up in England. But then also that 2003 one, I just feel like they've, they're always going to, you know, they're always going to have that over us unless we're able to win a World Cup. This could be the, yeah, this could be the time. Yeah, yeah, that we'll go, win we'll, in the stadium you've never been to. All right, we'll go for we'll go for Clive Woodward's England two thousand and three. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, the uh, yeah, at the the old National Stadium. Uh, yeah, and captained. It's just it's a choice of two. They're done. Some amazing players in there, um, but it's a choice between Alan Jones or Gary Teichman. And I'm going to go for Alan Jones. Yeah. Didn't, right. didn't, didn't, even, didn't even consider Warby didn't even consider uh, um, yeah didn't consider Keith Wood you've always wanted Alan Wynne Jones as captain and you've got you've got it now yeah let's let's go for that let's go for Alan Wynne Jones captain in that just again because I think you know that, that 2019 Grand Slam was something pretty special um, so yeah we'll, we'll go for him it's good fun, isn't it? It is good fun. I'm looking forward to doing more of these. Let us know what you've thought of these, uh, and you know who would make your uh, who would make your dream fifteen. We'd love to hear from you on this one. So get in touch with us on Twitter at Attacking Scrum, or on Facebook uh, on our Facebook page or our Facebook group uh, or Instagram if that's your thing. And uh, yeah, we'll look forward to to getting through a, a load more of these with some of our regular co-hosts and you know, who knows maybe a few special guests to do them too so thank you very much for listening and thank you Dan for uh, for sitting in as host yeah cheers Jed enjoyed that and we'll be back to chat rugby with you very very soon Podcast Network.